Hello, I'm Peter Gilmore, and you're listening to the Crest of the Wave podcast from RYA Northern Ireland. In this episode, I'll be chatting with Sheila Lewis. Sheila started out as a volunteer at Carrickfergus Sailing Club, but has subsequently progressed to become one of Ireland's most experienced race officials, taking charge of anything from club racing to national championships, sailability events to the Ilka Europeans this summer. It's unsurprising how she was nominated for Technical Official of the Year in the 2023 Sport Northern Ireland Sportmaker Awards. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. So, Sheila, thank you very much for coming on the, on the podcast today. Just... Firstly, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, taking a small break from the mad activities of sailing. Now, it, yeah, it's funny we were, you know, joking beforehand. Kind of in the summer, you'd be spending what four or five times uh, a week down at County Antrim Yacht Club, but it's a pretty heinous day out there in the winter. It's blowing what 30, 30 knots out there. That's it's a really, more, yeah. really rainy day. What What does a day look like for you in the winter? Because there's there's not much sailing going on. Yeah, so I guess that's where it broadens out. So apart from County Andrum's uh, own programme, thinking forward to next year, um, I'm still involved with a lot of training aspects. So that involves RYA at a national level as well as locally. So I recently attended a race committee meeting in London. And then uh, I also attended... A further training activity, trying out even for myself, uh, larger boat sailing. So I had a day of that in the middle of everything. Um, that was with a local training establishment. But apart from that, um, it's really then planning some remote courses. So I've been working with another international race officer who will be here in the summer for the Euro Ilkas. But he and I are currently delivering a race, a regional race officer training over three nights, over three Tuesdays. So, so that keeps me busy. Yeah, so you're going to be a, a race race official at the Laser Ilka, uh, Ilka, I should say, Europeans, which are coming to Ballyhoe Yacht Club this summer. Um, you're a volunteer most of the time. I mean, you don't get paid for that. And so, I mean, how much preparation does go into it? For, yeah, for, for that particular one, I, I will be a deputy. So it, it'll be more that I'll have insight to the notice of race, sailing instructions. And at this point, uh, the notice of race is currently undergoing review. So I have seen that from the principal race officer, who uh, is Robin Gray. So we're, we're reviewing that. And it is, it's a good deal more complicated than say you know what we're used to the Irish national championships mm. um, well, you, so you might get what 50 60 boats of that whereas this is you know between 100. male and female you, you could get 200 mm-hmm. to 300 yeah and um, I mean it, it will be let's say controlled carnage um, <laughs> in the nicest way possible because you're in charge <laughs> I obviously know you you know pretty well because you know I've, I've seen you as a, as a race official over the years but just to kind of roll back the years a bit, how did you, you know, first get into sailing and you know, what were, were those years like? What were your first experiences like with sailing? Mm-hmm. 
Well, I guess it, I was very fortunate, given my age uh, in the 60s. I grew up in a family that, that sailed, small dinghies. We were never into very large cruisers, per se. My dad learned to sail probably in his early 20s and was a good competitive uh, sailor, sailed OKs and flying 15s. And really by the 70s, I was crewing with my brother in a murder dinghy and my parents were sailing and racing, flying 15 at Carrick Fergus Sailing Club. So the whole family bar, my eldest brother would have been involved sailing um, and racing at that point. Then I, I did tell someone this story recently. I sort of became a volunteer at a very young age when I didn't really think I was a volunteer or I didn't recognise it then. But basically I, I stopped, uh, I wasn't able to crew as my brother got a, a new girlfriend and so she was crewing in the mirror. So I was at a bit of a loose end so I ended up being in the uh, ferry boat and rescue boat whilst parents were obviously out racing as well. So that was my guess opportunity of learning a little bit even at that very young age 12 13 of uh, assisting in in a ferry boat but i'm right in saying you know prior to that you'd done some volunteering outside of sailing your, your kind of first sort of main intro to to volunteering actually was was outside Teenage. of uh, sailing, yeah. sailing yeah. context what what was that well, yeah, so that, that, that came about as a bit of a mixture given Northern Ireland and the, the troubled times that the local community centre set up uh, volunteering links with um, Volunteer Belfast, VSB, I think it was. And um, yeah, we went locally to the likes of, uh, goodness me, down in County Down to some of the National Trust areas and basically helping clean round the forest paths and so forth. So yeah, a mixture of, of different children from different backgrounds. Uh, I think I did say to you it was a bit of the dairy girls in, in terms of uh, <laughs> we mixing. Won't, we won't bless the listeners with yeah. my Uncle Colm impression. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that in, a, in itself was, was uh, interesting. And of course, even then, because of the troubles, you didn't travel very much so the fact that we did go out and about go to different places castle ward i was trying to think and we stayed overnight and then later we even went to england near york and worked again in another national trust but i suppose that is one of the fantastic things about volunteering because you know at that time it, it seems like maybe a simple concept now Protestants and Catholics living together on the same island. Wow, they actually have stuff in common. But I mean, volunteering does bring people of perhaps different backgrounds together. I mean, have you seen that in a sailing context? Absolutely. Um, I mean, I guess here in County Antrim, we like to think that our yacht club is very diverse and very open in that sense. And we, we do see different uh, aspects in terms of people and the respect I think and that's where it really comes down to we may all have different beliefs etc but when you come together as a team volunteering you know mm -hmm. everybody really is working together and that I think that's where they they see the cohesiveness and, and why it's enjoyable because I suppose you know when when some people think of, of volunteering they, they might kind of look at it as as kind of you know what am I getting from this whole concept I'm, I'm not paid I'm giving up a whole lot of my time 
to those people, what are they getting from volunteering? Well, it is very rewarding, and you're right. You don't you don't go into it thinking what you're going to receive, you know, in, in some sort of immediate or in, in intermediate type or long term. But I think that's you know looking back now, given maybe over thirty years of volunteering, it certainly gives you things that you don't realize at the time. Personal development. It's elements that even go into your own workplace, depending on the job you do. For me. As a young child, I didn't really have a lot of confidence, was uh, nervous about speaking to new people. And I saw just recently a, a quote by one of the, the females on Maiden, and that's exactly what she said. And I Maiden, thought, Maiden, by the way, for, for people who don't know, it's, it's about going around the world of, of all, all female boat, of all female sailors. Yeah. And there was a picture of, of this sailor at the top of the mast and basically saying, yeah, and it just it brought home to me those those were key things with me. I I would have been very reticent in speaking to anyone new. Uh, would have shied away from putting myself in in particular positions. But with sailing, I guess it was something at a fairly early age. I felt confident in doing so. Felt confidence to be able to speak to it, and that I think has has led me to be able to do more. It was a special when did you begin becoming a, a race official? Yes, I was thinking about that in terms of the, the official path probably was around about 2010. But before that, I obviously would have helped um, as a OOD, as we used to call them, uh, at club racing level. And I think I then became sailing secretary. And at that point started reviewing notice of race, sailing instructions and that effectively led me into uh, working on maybe three or four events that were held at County Antrim and then uh, offering to help with Robin Gray on other boats in other locations. And at what sort of age was that now? Mm, not overly young, probably uh, 30 or 40, yeah, but, 35 to 40. But even at that age, at around 35, I mean, you, you talk about kind of the, the role of women and kind of giving them confidence and, and, and volunteering, you know, as, as a race official. Often race officials are, you know, older men. Was it in, in some ways kind of intimidating coming in as, you know, a 35-year-old woman when kind of a lot of the people around you um, were kind of, you know, older men? You know, is that something you've, you've grown into the role? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I guess I've, I've been very fortunate in that People like Robin Gray have been uh, my mentors and mm. constantly encouraged me and said, you know, yes, you can do this. You're doing a good job. Same within my, my own club. Very supportive, male and female. And I guess when I was sort of stepping out, having done my exams, got referenced and uh, actually doing my first event, as it were, on my own. I wasn't quite on my own. I might have taken my husband to stand at the mast or at least at that point even quite early on I started to develop and build my own team mm. and quite often that was friends or other sailors within the club. But they are your team I mean ultimately when you're the race officer you're bossing it and you're calling the shots. Mm -hmm. So you talk about kind of the role of volunteers and what you get from it while yes you, you might be unpaid but the, the skills you get outside of it and I guess you've probably got an awful lot socially from it as well. 
Very much so. I mean, it, it just broadens your your aspect and, and certainly in different fleets, you could end up with sailing, you know, one fleet and those are the only people you know, even though you might travel around Ireland, let's say, to do different events. But I think with being a race officer and being open to doing other events, not just in your own club, but certainly that's where going to other clubs, you're dealing with fleets that as a small club, we you know, very much flying 15s, Ilkas, toppers. To add to that, I've had the opportunity to um, do race officiating for elites, um, GPs, uh, smaller cruisers, squibs, and so forth. So it just broadens the full aspect of it. I mean, as, as you touched upon there, your, your kind of race official experience is incredibly diverse and it's, it's gone right to the top level. I mean, we spoke about earlier how you're looking forward to the 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 Europeans this summer, um. But kind of one thing you've you've also done is a lot of work with sailability, and um, the Presidents Cup back in in 2015 and, and 2017. You were uh, a race official there. What are the what are the main differences in terms of uh, being a race official at one of those events to being a race official at an able-bodied event? Yeah, I guess we we pretty much still will use the same formats but I think it's having you used a word lately but a little bit of empathy to the competitors I mean one of the key things about being a race official is to make sure that racing's fair that it's you know the best it can be and, and most enjoyable for the competitor so certainly when it comes to sailability it's just understanding timelines uh, when you're setting notice of race or the sailing instructions you know, I make sure that I'm talking to the the association, the uh, event organisers to understand the logistics of timing to get people from wheelchairs to hoist to the end of their boats, how long you're going to set a race. All of those aspects just are a little bit different from a typical ILCA championship where there's a very set requirement from the association, you know, might be have to have a 45 minute race with sailability no we don't want a 45 minute race we want much shorter but we want it still to be competitive and mm. absolutely we will ensure that that's the case and I think in terms of briefings that's maybe where I will go into more detail because we can't expect that uh, some of the the disabilities which could be learning disabilities that they've had the opportunity to read notice a race and sailing instructions I mean when we come to junior events sometimes people say well they have to learn to read the instructions just like grown-ups but that's all very well we we know you need to make allowances and explain certain things so last event this summer quite happy that I'll draw it up on a board draw the the course again be it that it might be in small print in the SIs but we'll put it up there and just reaffirm which class is sailing, where the start line is, and just you know re-emphasizing some of the key aspects, because the last thing you want is that they go out and uh, can't find the correct part of the line, because we are dealing with you know people with blindness, um, others could be as I say learning disability or some disabilities with regard to their limbs, so it has to be flexible. Absolutely, and um, certainly anyone I've worked with, the Mark Lair safety 
etc. Um, at Belfast Lock Sealability and Foil etc. That's all the key things you know that they're keeping very close to their hearts and minds in terms of making sure it's good fun and that's the key. I've, I've been really lucky throughout my work um, and just experiences with a few different sports to meet some very inspirational people with disabilities. With your work with sailability, have there been any standout moments which you know you've really taken away and gone, wow? Well, I think it was the first, even the first year when um, I think the coaches from Belfast Lock sailability pretty much suggested to me that racing was at a very, very low level. It was in its infancy in terms of sailability. You know, they'd been very focused on getting people just out on the water. So this was, for some, their first major event. And I think, you know, there was a sort of light-hearted, well, they'll be lucky if they all get to the start line on time. Well, certainly over these few years now, this is what I've seen. The the absolute tip-top performance now, that they're all, they've all got competitive edge and they all get to the start line and start within the start limitations. <laughs> Probably better than I can, let's be, let's be frank, you've seen my starting and it could do a bit of work. <laughs> so, you know, typically in sailing you might put, you know, you're a DNS if, if you don't start within the first five minutes. With sailability, we tend to have extended that to 10 minutes. I can say from this summer, we can shorten that again because they're, they're all there on the start line ready to go. Amazing. Yeah. And then just, you've been a volunteer for you know all your life really. What's your message really to anyone who's maybe sitting on the fence about volunteering? Yeah, I think some people may be worried about I'm, well, I'm not even certain what the worry is about becoming a volunteer commitment, the amount of time that's involved. And I guess it does need not just yourself, but maybe your family's support. I, I've been fortunate in that, that everyone around me has supported maybe my obsession into how much volunteering I do. But it is rewarding, and certainly as an individual. I, I really do feel that it has assisted me throughout you know my, my lifespan in terms of work uh, related and the benefit of to others and that that's the key I just do thoroughly enjoy seeing young people especially now you know where they've come from no sailing background and yet this year's a good example where at the club we we had a bit of a lull but we then managed to get 13 uh, young sailors to the, the last youth championships and that was really from going to for us an all time low of maybe three competitive racing young sailors to now having built and in our small club we're pretty impressed with this that we now have very keen young 14, 15 year olds uh, who have come to sailing a little bit later than maybe traditionally in terms of starting a sailing course at the age of eight and you know working through their stages so just to see them to see how happy they are and that they themselves go into teamwork you know again sailing sometimes people think it's a very isolated thing particularly if you're a single-handed sailor and what we like to try and coach uh, is very much that team ethic in terms of helping each other on the slipway giving each other advice and I just think it's marvellous when you see it actually come to fruition and you see their parents who quite often will say I don't know anything about sailing 
I don't know why he's doing all this, but he seems to really love it. Can't wait to come back every week. And I get emails and phone calls, you know, is, is there going to be enough club boats available? Because whoever it is, is mad keen to get back the following week. That, to me, that's the positive. That they've got that little bit of passion for the sport. Sheila, thank you so much for your time and thanks for coming on the pod. No really problem. appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.